Coming up on Golf Today, four, as in four days away from Tiger's return to golf in Orlando alongside son Charlie at the PNC Championship, we look back at some of his greatest fourth rounds ever. One of the few men to hold off Tiger down the stretch in a major rich beam. O2 PGA champ joins the program. He's in the field at the PNC. What does he make of this latest incarnation of Tiger Woods? And winners who didn't win in 2021, who can flip the calendar knowing the year was pretty, pretty good, even if they didn't win a tournament? Be optimistic. The glass is always half full on Golf Today. Golf Today, brought to you by PointsBet. Welcome to Golf Today. I'm Shane Bacon. That is Damon Hack. You just missed me dancing. They just were, missed it. You're excited about the week. Moves look okay. They do, like Rich Beam danced in 02 when, yeah, he, won when he won the PGA. That was great. Oh, we got a little Tiger news. Everybody excited for the week in the PNC Championship. We know Tiger Woods will be teeing it up this weekend in Orlando with his son, Charlie. We did just find out the Tiger's also going to play in the Friday Pro-Am. He'll be playing alongside his son, Charlie, 9 a.m. Eastern. You can watch the action Saturday, 1.30 on golf. It'll move to NBC at 2.30. Everyone excited for this event. Yeah, I'm fired up. expecting some good ratings, some good numbers. People like their Tiger Woods. They liked seeing him with Charlie last year. They like seeing a lot of great players, major champs, players, champs. You have a number one in the women's game, Nellie Corder with her dad, Peter. And there you see it, bottom right corner, Tiger, Tiger Woods. <laughs> put, him in, put him in the bottom right corner. Man. You can bold him. You can follow them. That's the name we are focused on. We always wonder what we're going to see from Tiger when he comes back from injuries and when he's coming back from things and we're seeing the golf game not what it once was. And then there were certain moments, and a lot of the times it would happen in a final round, when Tiger was wearing the iconic outfit that we'd known Tiger to wear and he was pulling off the golf shots that we knew Tiger was capable of pulling off and making those putts and pitching in from places you're not supposed to pitch in. You mentioned 06 at the Deutsche Bank. I know you were there covering it, but you really got to see Tiger take on a player that had done something very, very rare, and that was kind of take something that was Tiger's. Yeah, two years prior, 2004, Vijay Singh with a three-shot lead beats Tiger Woods to become the number one player in the world at Deutsche Bank. And this was a time of Tiger's life where people were questioning him. You know, why did you leave Butch Harmon and go to Hank Haney? What are you doing with this golf swing that won a U.S. Open by 15 and won a Masters by 12? So what happens two years later, 2006, they meet on that first tee again. VJ has a three-shot lead again. What does Tiger do? He eagles the second hole. He birdies the third hole. I wrote that it was a cold and systematic taking apart, relieving VJ Singh of his three-shot lead. And I tell you what, it was absolutely a flawless round of golf. He was settling scores at this time in his career. The media was reminding him, you haven't won a major since 2002. And then, of course, 2005, he wins two. 06, he wins two. 07, he wins one. 08, he wins one. He was constantly being held at this incredibly high level and high standard. Remember he undressed Stephen Ames 9 and 8 after Stephen Ames in 2006 questioned where he was driving the golf ball. It was a time of year and a time of his career where Tiger Woods was settling scores. You know, th there's a reason that Bill Belichick says nothing about his opponent, and that's because he wants to give nobody any bulletin board material. And the fact that any player would say or do anything oh. to kind of pique Tiger's interest more than he already had at this time, I love what you said, kind of settling the scores for Tiger yeah. Woods because that's what he was doing. Phil Mickelson's playing great golf. I can beat him. Vijay Singh is winning nine times in a season. I'll take care of him. I'm always going to go out there and find ways to win because I'm the most intimidated golfer 
of all time. I'm the guy you don't want to face. I'm the guy you don't want in your group. When Tiger would click in mm. in these types of moments, you always knew that he was reading the stuff and seeing what was said about him. That's why he would bring it up after the rounds. That's what he would, why we'd bring it up after the tournaments. But I'm with you on this. I mean, that, that round in particular at the Deutsche Bank, when you saw Tiger kind of go, VJ, you want it? Yeah. You want to see what I got? You want to go against me? You're going to get it. This is the guy that, you know, the Tiger Who, you know, with the whole thing during the President's Cup and, and the, the, the hat that had said Tiger Who, the Paul Tesori, the caddy, and Tiger beat him on that day as well. And let's also not forget, that was Tiger's fifth win in five starts in 2006. And we were, before the show, kind of going through some of the numbers, someone who's won seven times in seven starts, six times in six starts. This was a separate time where he won five times. So... All the golfers at that time were really doing our homework and saying, okay, Byron Nelson, 1945. And we're actually thinking this could happen. It didn't happen, but Tiger was still playing at a completely different level than anybody else. Yeah, you mentioned we were diving into some of the numbers, and you said it. Tiger won seven out of seven one time, six yes. out of six at a different time, right. and then five out of five once. The modern player, we've seen two players, Dustin Johnson and Rory McIlroy, win three straight, right. and that's it. So when you compare... What Dustin and Rory are capable of doing, of course, Rory did that with two major championships involved as well. But, I mean, this was regular stuff for Tiger to win three in a row, to win yeah. four in a row, to win five in a row. I mean, that was stuff we expected from Tiger Woods. If it happened in 2022, let's say oh. Colin Morikawa went out there and won five straight, I mean, the Internet would break, especially golf Twitter. We would be praising this guy like he was truly the next coming of it. And for Tiger, again, this was just this was regular everyday thing. It was regular everyday stuff, but... I still remember the criticism that he would face when he finished third or when he finished 10th or if he went a couple of tournaments without contending. Like, what's are you? The Tiger slump. I mean, and I think he <laughs> saw all of it. The greats find ways to take slights and turn it into production. They do. Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, you name it. The greats find a way when you're going to be critical of them to find a way to turn it into Ws. He, uh, he always found a way to do something special. I, I always I, I take away from that whole highlight role. I mean, some of the putts he made, sure. But to me, that pitch in against Ricky Fowler. I still remember yeah. when Jack was in the booth saying, you know, he'll be lucky to get this down in two, and he pitches it in. And you see that shot, and you watch the rehearsal. When you really dive into that highlight and you watch the rehearsal from Tiger Woods, you know, his mind was just so elite. He was always playing the golf shot before he hit it. You know, I, I know exactly how this is going to come off the face. Let me see it in my mind. Let me paint that picture. And Tiger was always painting the picture. When those reactions happened, it's because it had already happened in Tiger's mind. The putt had already dropped. He'd already seen what was going to happen, and he would just go execute it. It was so simple yeah. for Tiger in those days. I mean, golf is such a hard sport, and he was able to simplify it in a way that we truly never have seen before. To go through some of those final rounds reminds even you and I, who are very, very close to this sport, the brilliance of Tiger Woods. Not for a year, not for two years, not for three years, for an entire career. It's a reminder about how different his mind works when it comes to golf. And I remember talking to Nota Begay years ago about what it was like being at Stanford with Tiger and they were on the golf course together at one point and they were on, you know, Tiger was on the other side of the trees and he hit this shot and like Noda was asking, you know, what were you thinking here? And he had some answer that Noda couldn't even conceptualize and understand. He truly looks at the game on a different plane and level than, than even his peers can understand. And you think about the people that he beat height of power. I mean, we're talking Phil Mickelson and Ernie. Dominated. And, and these were players that were going to go on to win 10 majors and these were the next Jack Nicklaus's when they were coming out. And you think about Davis Love and Sergio, how we all thought after 1999 Sergio was going to be the guy to battle Tiger for 10, 15 years. And Tiger just in so many ways just 
took their heart and took their soul out. He, he, would, he would break the soul. Absolutely. I mean, you, you said it. I mean, you talk about having hope. I mean, what we need in sports, what we need in life is hope, right? I mean, yeah. that's what we're always leaning on when things aren't going our way. And if you're a Sergio Garcia or you're an RDLs, if you remember Colin Montgomery years ago, Tiger Open was 69. And he yeah. said after the opening round 69, we're all playing for second. They all knew it. They all realized what was in front of them. And that was why when Hal Sutton won the players over Tiger Woods playing alongside you know, Tiger, yeah. I remember him bringing those Montgomery quotes yeah. back up because he said you can't be defeated after round one. You can't be defeated after round two. This guy still makes mistakes. But the thing we all know and what we realize when you look at the career of Tiger Woods and all the wins and all the majors and leading after three rounds and always getting it done was that Tiger Woods was built different. Mm. I brought up the Curtis Strange interview mm. yesterday, and I'll bring it up again. Curtis Strange, one of the greatest players to ever hold a golf club. And this guy is telling Tiger, you're going to learn. <laughs> and in reality, Tiger was teaching Curtis things. Yeah. He was teaching us all things. We all view golf differently now because of the way Tiger went about his business from day one as a pro till 2021. And maybe something special this week in Orlando. Who knows? Excited a lot of people excited to watch Tiger Woods. One guy that we know got the better of Tiger on a certain Not Sunday. Many. Back in 2002, Rich Beam, 02 PGA champ, teeing up this week with his son Michael at the PNC Championship. We're going to talk a little Beamer and Tiger with Beamer when Golf Today returns. Golf Today, brought to you by Point Bet. This season, don't just bet, live your bet life. And Bushnell Golf and the Pro XC, experience the best. And by Geico, you could save even more by bundling home and car insurance. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave.
Ah, those are some of the great winners this year. But now it's time for winners who didn't win. Folks maybe didn't take home an individual trophy in 2021, but maybe they still have something to be proud of. They're taking some some mojo or something. Who's a winner who didn't win this yeah, year? Yeah, I mean, there are a hundred and something players tee up every week. We rarely talk about anybody outside of first, right? I mean, the yeah. fact that we've kind of made this a point to kind of go back to on Mondays and Tuesdays, winners that didn't win. When you look at the full season, for me, it was Louis Ustase. And I think what he did this season in the major championship, finishing in the top three in three of the four major championships, really having a chance to claim one of those titles. I mean, I was so impressed with the way Louis went about his business in these big events. A lot of the time, the best players in the world don't play their best at the major championships. For Louis to find his best stuff yeah. in these majors was quite impressive. I mean, you and I both were sitting here kind of praising Louis as a golfer and wondering if Louis is going to find another major before he's all said and done. But it looked like this year he is as close as he's ever been to getting that second major title. I think that's fair, but do you think maybe he's bringing home a little frustration as well because it is the extending of a storyline that has been a part of his career, which is waiting for that second major championship. So instead it was a, a great year of play, but once again, you know, taking home the second place medal at the U.S. Open and kind of saying, oh, what a what a great golf swing, great guy, but he hasn't been able to kick the door down a second time. Well, okay, so let me let me make the point, because this is where winners that didn't win came from. Okay. I mean, he played in his three majors where he played so well in. He went 459-4-2. and two. When you think about those numbers mm. and you think about being disappointed, you and I might be disappointed that Louie didn't win one of the majors considering he was so close three times. But when you really look at the scale and the scope of professional golf, I don't see how you're disappointed. Yeah, you won a trophy. Yeah, yeah you want to win a first U.S. Open or a first PGA Championship like he was so close to. But if you're Louie and you dive into those types of numbers, yeah. Ricky Fowler in 2014, Louie in 2021, the only players in the history of golf to finish in the top three in three majors and not win right. one of those three majors. So for me, again, it's easy to look at the year and go, he could have won one. I would have loved to see him win one. And I would have loved that. I, lo I love to watch Louie go about his business. I like but you answer. have to be very, very happy with this. And D, this is an Olympic year. Yeah. We're going in to an Olympic year. Louis would have been the only player in golf this past season to walk away with three medals if the major championships handed out medals like the Olympics do. And that's actually something I'm not opposed to. I like the idea of giving something to the top three players at these major championships because we make so much about my, the I've been working with it. Is my ear working? Well, you want to give medals to the third-place finisher? Absolutely. It's a in big majors. deal. It's a humongous deal to finish third in a major championship. It means you had a, a fantastic week against the best golfers in the world, we give too much to the winner. We talk too much about the winner. Finishing second, finishing third means you had an incredible week at a difficult course against the best players in the world. I love the idea of bringing a little Olympics to professional golf, specifically at the major championships, because I think they deserve a little more praise than we in I'm the golf media give them. I'll meet you halfway. I'm not going to third place with you. I'm okay <laughs> with the Wimbledon plate. I'm okay with the U.S. Open second place medal. You know, and I'm okay with low amateur. I think that's very, very important, especially in the Open. And, you hate bronze and the medals? Uh, bronze is great for the Olympics. Okay. I, I just think the Olympics is a special entity, set it apart. I, you know, I have too many people up on that stage. <laughs> <laughs> you know, cam cameras everywhere. I'm, I'm working with like, the directors around the world. It's going to look like Super Bowl winners. around the world. Just too many people on stage. But I like what you think. I think, I think you shouldn't sleep on a, a great year that doesn't have a trophy. But I just wonder if Louie, is he really going like, I'm, I'm happy with 2020? I, I, ha I, have a I have a surprising number, by the way. Okay. The, the, the only two players on the PGA Tour that would have left with two medals, Louie would have left yes. with three. John Rom, can you guess the other? <sighs> 
Spieth, maybe? Jordan Spieth. How about that? Okay, Jordan okay, Spieth okay. would have taken home two medals Damn. in 2021. A bit okay. surprising. Jordan Spieth, a winner in 2021 that didn't win as much, maybe, as it looked like he could. But okay. who's your winner that didn't win this uh, year? Maybe the governing bodies will take a look at the, the medals for everybody <laughs> in the majors. I'm going Leona McGuire. Oh, I like that. 27-year-old. Irish wins this unbelievable player. We saw her in the Solheim Cup winning four and a half points, a huge part of that victory for Europe. But she also shot 61 at Evian, the third person to do so, tying H.J. Like Kim did it, Jung Lee Six did it. She shot 62 at the Pelican LPGA. She had six top 10 finishes. This is someone who did almost everything except win. She was a rookie in 2020, but they didn't have the award, the Rolex uh, Louis Suggs Rookie of the Year Award because of the COVID-19 pandemic. So she actually finished second to Patty Tavitanikit in that uh, from UCLA. So I think she had a fantastic year. She just looks like an absolute baller. I, the way she performed in the Solheim Cup to me, even beyond those great rounds in the 60s, was the biggest eye-opener to me. Former world number one in the amateur rankings. Fantastic career at Duke. I just think this is someone who will eventually be off the winners who didn't win list. She's going to win, I believe, in 2022. Yeah, I mean, when they build the house, they don't start with the walls. I mean, they start with the foundation. Yes. You know, when you talk about her season, and I always do the five years ahead thing. I mean, yes. you think about in five years from now, when Leona McGuire looks back on her career, I think 2021 will be integral for mm. what she was able to do at the Solheim Cup and becoming a household name in professional golf. I, I totally agree with you. I think she's got the complete game to win not just once but multiple times on the LPGA Tour going forward, maybe in 2022 or beyond. But I love this because, again, this is a huge stepping stone moment for her this season, what she was able to do and to put herself out there in so many kind of clutch moments. Yeah, absolutely. She was so great out there. Love looking back on the winners who didn't win. Someone who won gold, I guess, at the PGA in 2002. Gold How medal winner. Rich Bean, yeah. Like they they also the give, you, they give you a big trophy, too. They do the Wanamaker. This dance, remember the dance, the shimmy for holding off tight? We're going to ask them about that when Golf Today returns. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Back on golf today, we're handing out medals all over the place as we flash back to the 2002 PGA Championship. Rich Beam shot a final round 68 
to finish the week at 10 under par one stroke ahead of Tiger Woods who birdied his final four holes that didn't matter to Beam. Yeah, no problem. Beam held him off. We're not going to hold him off any longer. Rich Beam joins us. It's great to see you, pal. Major champ. PNC, by the way, has allowed us to kind of view guys like Tiger and David Duvall in a new way, seeing him smile differently, play hard for a different reason. What does a week like this signify for you, Rich? Um, boy, Dan, that's a good question. I think a lot of it's just going out there and competing alongside my son. Uh, he and I weren't ever too sure this would ever happen. Um, as they have a lot greater individuals in the game that are out there uh, with their sons and and uh, and or fathers in this case as well. Um, but I, I just got to say, just being out there with my son alongside these other great players and just kind of having him come in and kind of see what it's like to get out there and play inside the ropes, not just caddy or hang out, but just get out there and play with me. I, it's going to mean the world to me. I know it's going to be the world to him as well, but it, uh, it's something that uh, I'm looking forward to as he is uh, greatly. It's going to be awesome. Rich, as one of the few players to ever play through a Tiger Woods storm and come out victorious, where does that accomplishment, just the idea of staring down Tiger in his prime, sit in your career? You know, it's interesting. I've had this conversation with a few people over the last few weeks, but, uh, you know, it's interesting because I, I was playing alongside Justin Leonard, so I think that actually seeing Tiger face-to-face, um, -face, that just didn't happen. And so... You know, to stare him down is, is one thing, but I didn't get to stare him down. I saw, I saw more of what he was doing in front of me, not right in front of me. So it was, uh, but obviously winning the PGA and having him runner up, I think is going to, is going to mean probably a little bit more, maybe as years go by, but still just winning the PGA is, is a massive accomplishment, regardless of who finished second place. Rich, you once told me in an article for SI that there wasn't a patch of grass that didn't set up for Tiger's game. And we've had, Decades go by since the late 90s and 2000s. Equipment is better. Guys are working out. They're strong. They're awesome players. But why haven't we seen another Tiger? I just think because everybody has stepped up their game. I think they've looked at the blueprint that he has made and the fact that, you know, you need to have an instructor. You need to look after your body. You need to do the things to prolong your careers. And I think that everybody is doing that where when he first came out, there's just a handful of guys, but he's was the one that kind of had the blueprint that you've got to be focused 24 seven driven. You can take some time off here and there, but you have to be driven beyond reality. And I think that the interesting third part about this too, for me is going forward with these golfers, these athletes making so much more money on the golf course. Are they really going to stay in the game as long as he is? And I'd also like to throw in Phil Mickelson and Jim Furyk. Do they want to stay in the game that long? Or after a while, kind of like uh, athletes in other sports, baseball, basketball, football, do they just finally say, you know what? My body's a little shot. I've had it. I've made enough money. It's time to go off in the sunset and do something else. It'll be interesting to see how that all pans out over the next few years with some of these elite athletes out there. Just They're, they're crushing it still, but you know, when are they going to have enough and when do they decide, you know what? I'm going to go do something else. Rich, I got a kick out of a few of these photos that you posted on social media with you and Michael. Now, I know the kid's got you in size, but I need a scouting report on him off the tee. Is he, is he hitting it past you at this point? Can you still get him at times? He is rapidly, uh, yes, there's a good one right there. He's rapidly approaching me on the distance scale, but I can promise you this. When he hasn't beaten me yet on the golf course, uh, because I will absolutely do every single thing <laughs> in my power to get inside his head um, in order to have it. But, you know, listen, as most of 
these young kids, he's going to bypass me someday. And I can't wait as a father. There's no doubt. I can't wait as a father, but still, I'm not going to go quietly into that good night. I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and make him earn it. But uh, I'm very fortunate. My wife and I have a very, uh, we have two good kids. He's a great kid. So is our daughter Bailey, but uh, I'm so looking forward to going out there and competing alongside him. And uh, we're going to get a lot of funny stares because uh, he's tall and I'm, yeah, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Love the hashtag team beam. You know, you're one of these guys that balances broadcasting and golf. Where's your energy level for competing in golf tournaments these days? You know, I, I probably wish I had a little bit more time to compete, uh, to be fair, Damon. I, I, I don't think that's ever going to leave me. And But doing the TV aspect of it, I also have a lot of fun doing that. I have a great team alongside me at Sky Sports Golf. Looking forward to seeing them come January of next year. But, you know, it's hard because to go out there and put the time and effort in uh, on the broadcasting side, that leaves a little bit of time to go out there and try and, and really focus in on your game. And if you don't focus 24-7 on it, then you know the other guys that you're competing against on the Champions Tour are. So it's hard to keep up with them. So there's a kind of balance in there that I'm trying to trying to get, but it's really hard. You know, even if you spend an hour and a half, two hours out there practicing or playing before you go on air or even off air, it still gets a little bit draining because, as you well know, that we do have some pretty long hours uh, there in the TV compound. Well, Rich, we really appreciate you taking some time with us. Excited about the PNC over the weekend. Enjoy the time with Michael, and we'll chat with you soon. You got it. Can't wait. Thanks for having me. O2 PGA champion, yeah. Rich Beam. Yep. Gold medal. Yeah. They give you. Sure, why not? They might. They should. Maybe. How about this guy? One of the great shots we saw in 2021. Dive into the best shots of the year. You want to do that? Let's do it. Let's do it. Got a highlight package, I believe. Love it. Golf Today, brought to you by PointsBet. We have completed 60 minutes of this Tuesday Golf Today. We have 60 more minutes. Bianca Pagdagannon, U of A, going to join the show after two weeks of Q Series Golf. Teddy G on hypothetical PNC Championship odds. And then Gunnar Paulson is going to join us. He is out of Iceland. A very, very cool story. 12-hole golf course up there, everybody excited about some different ways to go about golf. Absolutely. Another hour of golf today. Damon Hack, Shane Bacon, all roads lead to Orlando, Florida. I used to live on those roads. Tiger Woods, who has Pro-Am on Friday, a little weekend golf, Golf Channel and NBC, the PNC Championship. You know, what are you most looking forward to? I've covered this event, and it can be kind of a, a bit of a circus, a lot of activity and excitement. This is going to be off the wall. Yeah, I, I said yesterday, I, I'm excited to see Tiger wedging the golf ball around these greens because if there's a part of his game he's been able to work on over the yeah. last four or five months, it's the short game. He even said it in the press conference mm. of the hero, and then it's the numbers. I want to see what the numbers are look like off the off the face. I want to see what the driver distance is. What do the irons look like? He's downplayed a lot of this, D. He's downplayed how far he's hitting the golf ball and, and really lacking that pop yeah. and that distance. I'm actually interested to see what the numbers is because I could see it sneaking up to 275, 280, 285, knowing what we know about Tiger. I just want to appreciate Tiger playing golf with his son. And I feel like at this part of my life, I like miss Magic Johnson playing yeah, point yeah. guard and Kareem throwing the sky hook, Kirk Gibson hitting home runs. I want to just appreciate Tiger on a golf course because this is, you know, gravy 
borrowed time. We don't know what the future holds, but I tell you what, seeing that guy inside the ropes, it's always been special, and I imagine Friday, Saturday, and Sunday will be too. It, it's an interesting point about the generations, because you grow up with certain athletes. Yeah. You know, I grew up with Tiger. I was a high school golfer watching yeah. Tiger Woods, and I was a, a I was at college watching Tiger Woods, and then I started writing and blogging about golf, and I was following and covering Tiger Woods, and you know, that's kind of my generation, is getting to watch Kobe, and getting to watch Tiger, yeah. and getting to watch Roger Federer, and Serena Williams, and a lot of these players, you know, aren't playing that sport anymore, and to get Tiger back on the golf course after what's happened in 2021, to me, it just feels like a bonus. I yeah. feel like we're getting bonus golf, much like we get at playoffs, and mm. everybody's rooting for, the, for it to go extra holes. Let's see this golf extended. Uh, yeah. I feel like we're getting a little bit of a playoff in terms of the Tiger Woods career. Very much looking forward to the PNC Championship. Also very much looking forward to some bold predictions. So it's time now for bold prediction. Shane Bacon, your tweet to start this year. I tell you what, Not pretty, bad. pretty good, huh? I, it had a chance to be a lot better. I mean, I, I'd love to have seen Rory win at Augusta National, bulkier Bryson. We saw both bulkier, and then we saw him cut down. <laughs> a quarter major, we got healthy Brooks. He won, of course, at the Waste Management. It was in contention at every major, it felt like. I don't know if we got 2015 Jordan, but close. we got something close. That's, yeah, We got something close. And, uh, and then, of course, you see right there, Max Effort, of course, Max winning at Riv. He did that. And then what we almost got was Lexi at Olympic Club. It looked like she was going to win that U.S. Open. Uh, fantastic. Uh, you asked for a lot. You received a lot. And I tell you what, 2021 gave us a lot. When you look at the year, major champs, Patty Tavitanikin of UCLA, Yuka Sasso, Nelly Korda. There it is, Korda major. Minji got a major. And a Northquist, another one. Jin Young Ko and Nelly, nine wins combined. Of course, Nelly won an Olympic gold as well. Jin Young Ko raced in the CME Globe, Rolex Player of the Year. And Patty T, Louise Suggs, Rolex Rookie of the Year. So, are we going to do this again now? Yeah, we are. We're doing it again. A bold prediction for 2022. My, my bold prediction is something close to what I predicted this past year, this past season. I'm excited. It was Lexi winning a major championship. Lexi continues to get herself in the conversation of majors over the weekend. And when you do that, you eventually run into a victory. Yeah. Even, if, even if, you know, maybe you're a bit shaky down the stretch, maybe somebody else is shaky as well. I feel like Lexi is at least trending in the direction of getting herself in the conversation at two or three major championships. Mm. And if she's able to do that, I, I, I think she's going to win one. I mean, she has eight top three finishes in majors, including her lone victory in 2014 yes. at the Chevron. It's the ball striking that I pay attention to, though, D. Gosh, it's the ball striking with the iron play 78.81% of greens mm. and regulation hit that's 6% better than the best player on the PGA tour mm. in that statistical category Lexi is such a good iron player that at these major championships when the courses are tougher and the conditions get firm Lexi's able to still find a lot of greens and we know what happens with the putter and we've seen what happens on Sundays with Lexi but she's so talented I think she will win her second major in 2022. I think the golf fan would love to see it. I think Lexi in some ways has kind of built this redemptive arc to her career where she's had calamity and, and kind of fits of peak and, and moments where we shake our head. And she has found a way at times to kind of pull herself off the mat. I think that would be very much kind of the way Lexi rolls. It would be peak Lexi to come back in 2022 and win a major championship. Lexi, the type of player that can go very, very low, D, which leads me yeah. to your bold prediction. Speaking of very, very low, I think we're going to see another 59 on the LPGA Tour. It's been, what, 20 years? Annika? 2001? 59, the only one on the LPGA. We've seen some close calls. And 60, of course, this year, Jessica Corda did it out Almost of did it right out of the gate. Fantastic bunch of 60s. Leona shot a 61. This year, as we mentioned earlier, Jung Lee Six shot 
a 61. Bunch of 60s, as you see. Paul Creamer back in the day. Meg Mallon as well. I think as good as these players are, and I'll put Jess as a candidate, Nelly as a candidate, Jin Young-Ko with her streak of rounds in the 60s. Maybe she pops a 59 in there as well. The quality of the golf on the LPGA Tour, in my opinion, has never been better. Therefore, I believe a 59 will happen for the second time on the LPGA Tour. It's it's as deep as it's ever been. I yeah. agree with you. And there's so many players that could do this. Yeah. There's so many professional golfers that have the confidence to go out there and shoot around Explosive. around 60. I mean, you've mentioned Leon McGuire yeah. earlier in the show. I mean, this is a player that you know, goes out and makes eight easy birdies and shoots 62, you know, to start start a tournament in November. I mean, when you see these types of numbers pop up at each and every event, we're trending towards this. So it has been crazy. It's been crazy this 20 years. That's yeah. the wildest part of this. I'm surprised. I'm surprised that it's been 20 years considering what we've seen in the men's game. On the men's side, you know, Jim Furyk with a 59 and a 58, yep. for crying out loud. Scotty Scheffler, for example, as well. But I do think... The way that the women's game seems to be trending with Nelly and length off the tee and Jessica length off the tee, Patty Tavitanik at what we saw out in the California desert, I do believe it's possible. 2022 feels like a year we could see a lot of 50s across tours. Let's just I do feel it. like we could see one European tour, DP World Tour. We could see one on the LPGA Tour as well. I mean, mm. I, I'm wondering how low can we go on the PGA Tour? Yeah. Like, what is that number that will finally hit that nobody can touch? Is yeah. it 57? Could you see somebody go out there and shoot 56? I mean, that is where we're looking at these days with the modern equipment and their ability to just block everything out and forget things the moment they happen. I mean, these numbers are going to keep going lower and lower. I'm going to build a better game at home. Martin Chuck's <laughs> help. Maybe I'll you, be the guy to do you're it. The guy. <laughs> you're the guy. I'm the guy. You didn't know you were sitting next to great 2022. <laughs> I like that a lot. All right, folks. We talked about it all week. The LPGA Q Series, what a gauntlet it was for the ladies. 144-hole event played across two weeks. 110 players cut to the top 70 in ties after the first 72 holes, top 45 in ties at the conclusion to earn their 2022 LPGA Tour cards. Some of the players getting their card. I mean, that is a stretch. That is Ooh. crazy. This is the class of 2021 at the Q Series. LPGA 46 players earned their status after those eight rounds, 28 this year. I mean, it is uh, it is kind of the, the grind that we always had around the PGA Tour, and now we have it on the LPGA Tour as well. Yeah, 24-year-old Bianca packed again and finished Q-Series in a tie for 10th at 14 under par. Standout player in college at U of A. With U of A. I want to say, With right? U of A. I don't get I don't need to brag a whole bunch, but our women's program is top, top notch. Well, you should probably be the one to welcome okay. her onto the show. Okay, I, I'm, I'm happy with that. Okay. Bianca joins us now. And we've been talking a lot about uh, Q-Series and how much of a grind this is. Two weeks, eight rounds of golf. You're playing for work next season. Can you describe the experience in one word? Exhausting, I guess. <laughs> it's just it's it just like, nonstop. Like yeah, exactly. It was like a really long two weeks, including your practice rounds in between. So it was really, more, I guess, stressful. Yeah, maybe a little bit of both. But I'm just relieved that it's, that, that it's over. Exhausting, stressful, strong, strong words. Bianca, how did you prepare for such a long stretch in terms of practice? Meals, travel, rest. How'd you put a plan together? Honestly, I just tried to play as much as I could. I met up with my trainer, worked out just to make sure that I was ready for eight competitive rounds of golf. I tried to play as much as I can and, you know, take down my stats, try to focus on what I can work on, what I can improve on. And, you know, yeah, basically those little things that I could touch up on my game. 
Your Arizona teammate, you saying ho, also got her card this week. I was texting with your college coach this morning. She was telling me that you guys have a pasta-tasting battle when you guys are out to dinner. It's a battle between red sauce and white sauce. So I ask you, what is the final verdict? Which of the pasta sauces is better? Red. Always sure. red. Always red. And I, and I was yeah, told you you, you ask people to taste the, the you ask other people around the dinner table to taste these pastas as well. It's kind of a it's kind of an interactive experience. Okay, maybe I do that sometimes. It's <laughs> okay, debatable. Maybe most of the time, I'm just out there trying to prove a point. I'm like, see, it's so much better than white sauce, but I don't do that anymore. You bring the red sauce, I'll bring the Chianti Classico or perhaps a nice Brunello de Montalcino if you're into Italian wine. But that's another topic for another day. You know, GolfChannel.com just did a great series on turning professional, the challenges, the joys. What has the journey been like for you so far as a young professional? I've enjoyed it so far. I mean, it gets really tiring travel, traveling every week. But then it's such a fun experience. It's something that I've dreamt of since I was a little girl and to see my dreams finally come true. It just makes me want to look back at my journey and just, you know, kind of tell myself that I'm really proud of what I've accomplished. But, yeah, I guess people also don't see, like, the other side of professional golf, which is, it's it's kind of hard to explain until you actually experience it. It's It's an individual sport, but at the same time, you know, once you get back to your hotel after a good or a bad round, it's just you. And sometimes your thoughts could just eat you up, but... I'm lucky that I get to travel with my dad, so at least there's, like, another person I can talk to when I'm back in the hotel. But overall, I think the past few years have been such a great experience for me. I've learned so much about my own game and whatever, like, I can look forward to. Bianca, when you have a, a tough round, when you have a week like you're talking about and you go back to the hotel room, how do you disconnect? What's your mode of disconnecting? Netflix? Are you diving into an iPad reading? What do you do? Um... I don't really talk to anyone after a bad round. <laughs> like, I told, my, I told my dad, I'm like, we're not going to talk about this until I want to talk about it. Like, I don't want to be talking about a, the bad round on the way home. Like, I just want to process all my thoughts, and then we can talk about it. But, like, lately, I've been trying to get myself to read more books. I still play games on my phone, so at least I have an outlet <laughs> after a bad round. <laughs> If it makes you feel any better, uh, I don't talk to anybody after bad rounds as much. Uh, and they happen more often now than they ever have. Now, I am an Arizona Wildcat. I don't know if you know that or not. I rarely get to talk to Wildcats on the show. Damon's always got UCLA Bruins on the show. So I wanted to relive one of the great moments in Arizona Wildcats sports history, 2018. The eagle putt that you made to force the playoff against Baylor went on to win the NCAAs. Now, you said you knew you'd make the putt. So take us back to this moment, the putt, the confidence, everything that went down. It's crazy because I can still remember everything pretty clear. I remember walking up to the green and I, I knew I had a really good shot. So I was looking at my putt, trying to read read it, and I don't know what it was, but I was 100% confident that I got the right line. I, I got my speed down, so I was like, all right, just commit to the shot. And as soon as I hit it, it passed through <laughs> the point where I had aimed it. And I was like, it's going in. But I... I seriously had no idea what that meant for the team because heading into the last round of stroke play, we were third or fourth. So I was like, okay, like, I don't know why they're cheering, but I get, I mean, it's cool to make an eagle. So I was like, all right, they're cheering because I made an eagle. But <laughs> after the round, the girl in my, my group was like, oh, you, you got your team into a playoff. And I was like, 
Playoff for what? Like, we were safely inside the top eight, and then I got interviewed right after, and that's when I found out that we were trying to get in because we were tied for the eighth spot. That was an incredible putt. You know, Bianca, I want to leave you with this. We just did a segment called Bold Predictions. What's a bold prediction for you for 2022? I'm just... I'm just really excited for next year because I know that I finished where I wanted a Q series. So knowing that I have more chances to play more events, I mean, I set really high expectations for myself, but at the same time, not too much pressure. I always try, you know, I, I want to win a, a tournament, a regular event or a major, that would be great, but it takes a lot of work to get there. <laughs> so honestly, I'm just going to do my own thing, just try not to put any pressure on myself. I'm just going to enjoy whatever it is that's thrown at me. So I wouldn't really say anything in particular. I don't. <laughs> speak it into existence, sister. Yeah. Just speak it into existence. We're trying to still come up with our predictions for ourselves yes. in 2022 if it makes you feel any better. <laughs> Bianca, we yeah. appreciate the time. Congrats on the success. We look forward to watching you in 2022. Thank you so much for having me. And bear down. Bear down <laughs> is oh, right. Oh, pack 12. I got a bold prediction going forward. I think Victor Hovland is going to get the number one in the world in 2022. Wait, I just said John Rahm and Colin Morikawa are battling for number one. They're great players. I think Victor. Victor Hovland is going to make a move. He's moved his way up these rankings throughout his career. He just won back-to-back -back events. Victor Hovland is finding ways to win and learning how to win and more comfortable in these moments. And I think when you look at Victor Hovland's stats, really outside of around the greens, and we know what Victor Hovland has said about the pitching and chipping, and we know how much work Victor Hovland has put into that part of the game. But the driving is there. He's an elite driver of the golf ball. He's an elite iron player. He's a very, very solid putter, underrated putter at that. I think Victor Hovland has the type of game, the complete game, to consistently move up these world rankings. And I would not be surprised by the end wow. of the year Victor Hovland is hovering around the number one. That is truly, truly bold. What a ball striker he is. I mean, we, we've seen it now around the world, winning in Europe, winning in Mayakoba, Puerto Rico, the hero. I mean, he can absolutely move it in tough conditions as well. I think he's a... He needs to get the win in the United yeah, States. Yeah, yeah, I, mean, I that think would, That so. would help since three of the majors are in yeah, the United that, that would help his cause. How about Rory McIlroy winning the Masters? Now, that, that not, might not be a bold prediction eight years ago, ten years ago. I think it's a bold prediction in 2022, completing the career Grand Slam. Considering kind of where he's been, the roller coaster of the last few years, the highs, the lows, the, the tears at the Ryder Cup, the torn shirt in the Middle East. I, I just feel like these are all kind of moments of, of Rory almost centering himself now for, for a big moment in 2022. Liking who he sees in the mirror and saying, you know what, I, I, my game is good enough and I'm good enough. And maybe despite all the greatness around him, maybe only Jordan Spieth on that property, and Tiger, who we don't know where he's going to be, and Phil should be as comfortable or confident at Augusta National with his top fives and top tens. And I know he had the, the back nine trouble back in 2011 and the 40 and hit it left in the cabins and all that, but I still think that Rory McIlroy has to walk on that property in April and feel like he is the best player on the planet. And I think that all these machinations and tears and snapping back at the media for asking eight questions about the shirt, I think it's all kind of part of a cleanse for him of kind of reimagining who he is and finding out who he is once again, and that is one of the best players in the world. I think it all comes together in a big flourish at Augusta National for Rory McIlroy. Well, the good news is that he's going back to what works at Augusta National, and that's hitting a drive oh, with the baby. driver. I yes. mean, hearing that and hearing him working that back into the play, I mean, this was – 
the best drawer of the golf ball in the world and potentially the best drawer of the golf ball of all yeah. time in yeah. Rory McIlroy. And the fact that he felt like he needed to go to the fade, that doesn't play as well around Augusta National. So if he's back hitting that draw, you know, I remember I've told this story. Max Homa was talking about playing with Rory at the Wells Fargo and said every drive starts on the right cut line and comes back in the middle of the fairway. And he said on 18, he finally felt like he blocked one. He said it looked like Rory finally blocked one and it was in the trees. And all of a sudden it starts to sling back and it's in the <laughs> middle of the fairway. I mean, this was a weapon. We talk about yeah. Bryson driving the golf ball. Rory also has a weapon in his golf bag, and that's when he's comfortable hitting the draw. The draw goes longer, and it plays so well around Augusta National. The one thing about Rory at the Masters, and I do think this is something you mentioned it, I think this is something we don't talk enough about. Sure, Rory's trying to win the Masters, which is one of two events in his life growing yeah. up as a kid that you would most want to win. I mean, you think sure. about someone growing up in Europe wanting to win the Open Championship and wanting to win at Augusta National and coming so close in 2011. So you're not just trying to win the Masters, but you're yeah. also trying to complete their career Grand Slam. You see what happened with Colin Morikawa at the Hero. When he knew on Sunday if he was able to win, he'd be number one in the world. Now something else is attached to the golf tournament yeah. that isn't just about the trophy. What did Colin Morikawa do? He went out there and shot 76. It was as bad as we'd seen Colin Morikawa play all season long. For Rory, he does go in with two enormous things he's trying to accomplish. It's not just trying to win the Masters, which everybody in the field is trying to do. It's trying to win the Masters, and it's trying to join the most elite list of all time. And of all the modern players that have won the career Grand Slam, none of them did it at the Masters. None of them had that final box being Augusta National. They'd at least won the Masters before. It is such a great point that you make, but he has to simplify it. He can't Everything. look at it that way. He has to go out and win a golf tournament. He should drive down the road in Jupiter to Tiger's house and ask him about what it was like trying to complete the Tiger Slam at Augusta National in 2001. Because, Tiger, we were all talking about, oh, you're trying to win four majors in a row. Yep. You're trying to have all four trophies you know, on your mantle at home. He's like, I'm trying to win a golf tournament. I'm trying to win one golf tournament. Simplify that. Because Rory McIlroy knows to go out and win a golf tournament. Four days. I mean, we, we've joked about it with Phil Mickelson. But yeah. What Phil Mickelson was able to do at the PGA Championship was Remarkable. he was able to be the best golfer in the world for four days. Mm. Those four days happened to be at a major championship. And, of course, history came along with that. But for Phil Mickelson, it's 72 holes. It's 18 holes a day. Try to make your three or four mm. birdies around. Maybe try to make two aside for Rory McIlroy maybe it's about finding a game like that right mm. it's about trying to make this as simple as possible because a lot of the ways he's gone about his business headed to Augusta National just have not yeah worked. and for Rory again this is so easy for you and I to say I we oh, can sit course. here and go let's simplify just the block process, it out right? block it out yeah, yeah I mean it's the Masters <laughs> this is what we all tune into this is what we're all excited to watch this is the longest wait we get between major championships. Rory feels that, but I love what you said about Tiger and the Tiger Slam. Yeah. Pick the brain of the guy that did it. They're buddies. They because text, they text each other. And that pressure going about into the Tiger Slam compared to, to what Rory faces, yes. it is lighter for Rory McIlroy. I mean, it was so loud and heavy for Tiger, and for him to find a way to pull that off and to pull off one of, if not the greatest accomplishment in the history of the sport at Augusta National Tiger would be a good person to chat. Do it. Visit the Oracle. Drive down text the road. Him, text call him, him. Call him. Make send him an Insta message. Lunch date. Something. <laughs>